0: Yeah, hello everyone. Welcome along to NRL Crunch Time this Saturday for our great mates. Azito powering DIYers all day, every day at Bunnings. And before you dig, don't dig blind. Search before you dig online every time. Julian King in for Joel Cain. Nisabo Sugar will be back on deck from 4pm for the call of the second semi-final between the Warriors and the Knights. Isn't there always... Electricity in the air at this end of the footy season. Welcome along wherever you tuned in. SEN 11 to 70am in Sydney. A warm one in the Emerald City today. A bit hazy as well. SEN Q 693 in Brisbane. 1620 on the Gold Coast and across the globe via the SEN app. Would love for you to join us for the next three hours. The open line number free call 130-0170, 130-01170. 130 one 130 And the text line 0457-736-736. Wanna you get your thoughts on all the semi-final action? Now the usual suspects are here. Adrian Brashenko, the City Morning Herald's chief NRL reporter, rugby league writer, should also mention two time Walkley Award winner. Hello, Prishanks. Hello, <laughs> Julia. Just try that again. We've got his microphone there. What about that one? Am I back?
1: There yes. we go. Hello, yeah.
2: good to see you. I saw you also on Thursday, and I reckon that's the first time I've ever seen you without a hat. Oh, yeah, it, it was, was like um, a dress for the occasion. It's like
0: Chief Wiggum in The Simpsons. Suspect is hatless. Yeah, repeat, right. repeat, hatless. <laughs> hatless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, normal transmission resume. Now, yep. for those obviously in the studio, Adrian's got a very smart t-shirt on today. Mm. It shows he's representing uh, rugby league heartland. Mm. Says London, Paris, Rome, New York. Marylands. Yes,
2: you can take the boy out of the two one six zero. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Scotty
0: Sattler, two thousand and three premiership winner, former seagull crusher, charger, panther, tiger, uh, fluke of a punter as well. He's not in studio with us today. He's uh, at what we call Varsity. Hello, you, Sets.
1: How are you, Jules? Oh. And also AP, the listeners, uh, Tommy of Duplicate, and mm. I'll th- see the Alex Seal there is, is hovering around the yeah he is. the uh, the studio as well. You, wh- I tell you what. Mm. That game last night, and Ooh. I've had a chat to Tommy two phones off the off the air, and I, I was very respectful because I know how much he loves his Roosters, and we we dissected that game last night. To all the Roosters fans out there, I know it's heartbreaking that you're not going through the grand final qualifier, uh, but I've got to say, if I'm Trent Robinson and if I was a fan of the Roosters, I'd be so proud of the way the Roosters finished off this season. I mean, that is a team that was decimated. Should have been absolutely lapped last night in Melbourne, but Nelly stole another game. It was absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. And it continues today. Can't wait.
0: Oh, so Melbourne Storm 18, defeated the Roosters 13. So they will take on the Panthers next week, and the Roosters will live to fight another day. Hey, Tommy, two phones. How are you feeling this afternoon, buddy?
3: Uh, Jules, Adrian, Sats, um, yeah, a bit disappointing. Mm. Uh, we I was at a mate's house watching it. With all, we're all Roosters fans, and, yeah, we're a minute away from a prelim. Our first since we went back-to-back back in 18, 19. So, yeah, very, very tough. I mean, look, I had I didn't have a lot of optimism going into that match because of all the outs, as Sat's mentioned. But as the match went on, we were back in it. And so the hope it's the hope that kills you. Um, and, mm. yeah, just disappointed in the end.
2: It sort of feels like the last six weeks could potentially paper over a lot of cracks because I, I still think that that's a really disappointing campaign. And, yes, they have played well to get into this position. And, and as you said, almost a prelim but they were my pick and many people's pick to take out the whole thing. And I, I still think that they grossly underachieved. Mm. Given the squad that they have,
0: albeit there were some injury concerns, as most teams have during the campaign. Well, Robbo said in his press conference, he said, look, to be honest, yeah, people are looking yeah. at our last six weeks or so, but we weren't good enough at points throughout the season. Mm. And if we want to be very good, then we need to be better consistently uh, through the regular season. So we will do our uh, Roosters season review a little bit later. It's funny, they're looking at that game last night, Satzi. I, I sort of thought at the top, if the Roosters were going to win this, they probably needed another grinding affair. If they could maybe keep Melbourne down to two tries, they'd begin this game. Not dissimilar to what we saw against the Sharks last week. And, uh, gee, they almost pulled it off.
1: Yeah, they did. They did. They Well, they, they were able to drag the, the Melbourne Storm down into the trenches. And I've got to say, they um, when they do that, they've got the ability to go toe-to-toe. And when you're down on troops and... That's what you can do—just effort on effort. And uh, when we talk about the review a little bit later on the on the Roosters, is there's um yeah something that Trent Robinson touched on before the game when he was being interviewed by the Channel Nine crew uh, that he touched on that I think has been a probably a a change in the Roosters and why they went on that run towards the back end of the season. I thought it was really he's probably a, a little bit of an insight into how he had to look at him from as as a coach as well. So, yeah, I'll touch on that a little bit later on.
0: Well, let's have a listen to the Roosters coach, Trent Robertson, talking about last night's loss to the Storm. Heartbroken, I guess. That's how we're feeling. We feel like, feel like we fought really hard to, to continue on. We felt like we were... You believe in that you're going to keep going right through until, you know, right at the end there. So, it's um, yeah, it's devastating for to finish because we felt like we found... Our team. The longer this season went, you know, we've been fighting for a couple of years. I felt like we've held on to a, a really good spirit, but I felt like we found uh, our heart the longer the season went. You know, and I've, yeah, it's just disappointing not to. Yeah, really proud, but also believe that it's, it's disappointing to finish in week two. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, no Tupo. no. Billy Smith, no Manu, no Sueli, no Jared, of course. Although they're used to playing games without Jared, <laughs> and, and no Satili Tupanua. And he said we found our soul at the back end of the season. This is the thing. I mean, with a team that's had such sustained success like the Roosters. See, I'm a Dragons fan. If we had, a, if we ended up <laughs> with a year like that and missing that caliber of player, you'd walk away going, you know what, pretty good year. But for a team like the Roosters, who ex- a lot of people mm. tip to win the comp this year, it's Developer. it's context and and for Tommy I guess it's
2: bittersweet in that yeah it wasn't the campaign that you wanted but the fact is you played semi-finals and you got to the playoffs at the expense of your mortal enemy South Sydney so it's not a total bust
3: no yeah it's there's I always say there's only one thing better than a Roosa's win and that's Rabbitohs loss apologies <laughs> there, apologies and, and, there Sats, and if you get both
2: in yeah. the one fell swoop that's yeah. fantastic but, yeah, that's a good weekend
3: is, So much optimism, you get to that match, no one gave us a chance. Down in Melbourne, where our record isn't great, very disappointing. But as you and I spoke before the show, AP, both teams were looking like cannon fodder to have Mm. a progress next week against Penrith.
2: Look, there's, there's a romance about the two teams that are playing this afternoon, and it would be fantastic if either the Warriors or Newcastle could go deep and get to a grand final. But it sort of feels like anything other than a Brisbane... Panthers decider would come as a, as a big surprise. Sats?
1: Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. They've both been, I suppose, haven't been affected by a lot of injury for long periods of time. They've still had key players on the field, both teams. They manage their roster really well. So on face value, yes, you would think that. The biggest concern for the Brisbane Broncos is, yes, they're young, they're brash, they're fearless, they're quick – they do come up with a lot of mistakes, most notably their fullback, and that's why we probably love him because he's got the memory of a goldfish. He just makes a mistake and just moves on, a little bit like Munster. And that's what you love about those players, those unpredictable players. The grand final qualifier is a tough game. I always, you know, I found it a really tough game psychologically. My going, we played the mm. Warriors in a grand final qualifier, and I, I found it really tough psychologically, knowing that you had to get through that game because you got this eye on the, the following Sunday night. I want to be running out and standing for a national anthem on grand final day, but I still got to get through this team here. And and the Broncos haven't been there yet. They haven't been in that situation. Neither has really Newcastle or the Warriors for a number of years, the team that they're going to, going to face. But it's it's a matter of grand final moment. The grand final qualifies and which team freezes in the moment. And it's amazing what those, those big games on the big stage can do to individual players. So uh, I, I think that side of the draw, like, Tommy just touched on. I'd rather be playing the Broncos than I would be Penrith, just based yeah. on the experience a lot of those Penrith players have had uh, at at this end of the end of the season.
2: So that's off. I think you're right, but they don't have a lot of finals experience. But now there's a, a core group of players that have got a lot of state of origin experience, and that sort of that counts for something. Like doing it on, you know, under pressure, um, toughest games of the year, and I just wonder that the week off can sometimes have an effect either way. Like obviously you, everyone gets freshened up, you get a rest, you get to watch other teams bash themselves, but you lose the momentum that they've been building leading up to, to that game.
1: Yeah. I, you can only, I suppose, make comment on your personal experience. And we had the week off, we played the Broncos. It was the old McIntyre system. Remember that rotten system? One verse eight. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and we played the, the Broncos, got through them in week one, week one had the weekend off, now, we had Luke Prittis, who was the only player that had played in the grand final before, won in 2000 with the Broncos, and he had a, he had a slight puncture to his lung. He missed the Broncos uh, final. Uh, Shannon Donato played in that game, broke his hand the first set of six, played the entire uh, game, Shannon Donato. And then, and then if, we, if we had to play the following week, I don't think we would have had Prittis as well. So to have that weekend off and then play the Warriors at Stadium Australia from my own personal experience, I loved it. I was 31. I needed the week off. I'd played every second of every game that year, and, and I needed it. I needed that um, that extra week just to refresh the body again. And also, you get a bit of a strut about you as well. And what I mean by that is you get, you're able to sit back and just watch these other teams just fight it out, get injuries, possible suspensions. Now you've got the HIA that comes into play as well now. You get to be able to sit back, relax, watch them go through – you know, like for example, the Broncos want this game to get extra time today, and you just get to watch them fight it out, and then you know you hopefully you can you can clean up the rest of the road uh, the roadkill next week. Do
0: you have a bit of a strut back in the day? Did you, Seth? <laughs> We, who we had, had a team? Yeah. I didn't.
1: I didn't have a strut myself. But yeah. We did have. <laughs> who had
0: the swagger? Strut. Which players would just walk with swagger?
1: Well, Girdler had a swagger. Yeah, but he didn't know that he had a swagger.
2: He was just, <laughs> just Fonzie. Did, he did was you just tell cool. him? Did you kid. inform him Sat? We didn't have to tell him. He just knew
1: that he had swagger. Uh, another person, um, Joel, Joel Clinton, the front rower, he had mm. swagger. I tell you, a guy who'd never had swagger, and if you ever ever accused him of having any swagger whatsoever, he would have bitten your ear off. As Martin Lang, no swagger at all. Wow, yeah, he's very
0: forthright on on X <laughs> now, isn't he, Marty Lang? He is.
1: He, see, he yeah. was a player, Marty, when he'd never talked to a reporter after the game, never wanted any of the any of the the headlines or he never wanted to go on any you know, shows like the footy show, whatever Fox, whatever it may be. But post-career, there's two things about Marty. Post-career, he's really heavy on X twitter has got a strong opinion about the game and he's the only player in the history of rugby league where concussion made him smarter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, did, uh, what did Rod HG nickname him? The Grateful Head. Because every time Marty took a hit up, you know, his head would just snap back. Like, like, we, played at the, uh,
1: we played at ANZ Stadium against right. the Broncos in 2002. And that's when the Broncos were using that because Suncourt was being uh, redeveloped. And we played him on a Sunday afternoon and he ran up off a kickoff. And back then you could use the shoulder on the head as long as oh. you didn't use the bicep down to the, to the hand. And so Petro hit him on the chin and he was it was the worst concussion I've ever seen. Oh, wow. He was snoring that loudly on the ground, and had to get carted off. It was the worst concussion I'd seen. But, yeah, his head used to rock back and his hair. In that grand final in 03, he got knocked out twice. Jason Calis once. Far out. And Luke Rickardson a second time. And he just kept getting back up and get thrown. He, we just kept pushing him back into the <laughs> <end> <laughs> he, of the line.
2: He had the most upright running style I've seen this oh, side of Michael yeah. Johnson, although mm. albeit a
0: little bit slower. Yeah. He used to be
1: ex-fullback, you know. Wow. Hey, hey Marty. Yeah, he's Is that a fullback right? in the juniors,
0: wow. yeah. Isn't it funny, all all these sort of front rows, you feel you hear back in the day that they were like gun backs. Didn't, didn't oh, the, ball, I, I, didn't I the ball Luke Bailey used to play 5'8 or something? Yeah. I'm I can't sure. see that. Who's he that, Marty Link? Car- no. He would have been Carmichael Hunt as a fullback. Remember
1: Carmichael, running yes. back 100 mile an
0: hour. He was fearless, mm. wasn't he? It's like you're talking about concussion, that great story about this, you know, the soccer player. He comes off the field, and the coach he's got to get him out there. He goes, "No, no, no! He's concussed. He doesn't know who he is." We'll tell him he's Pele and put him back on the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, I want to talk about Ashley Klein in a moment, just quickly, Shatza, uh, What did you make of Munster's game last night? Oh, sort of mixed reviews. You know, think about it—is isn't I don't know—it's people who are just sort of waiting for it to happen. He no, strikes me as, as maybe just trying a bit too hard. Look, no, he was better. I'm... I didn't think he was at his best though.
1: I liked his game last night. Yeah, he wasn't at what we normally see, Cameron Munster. But you know what? It, just in his body language, he was jumping around the place everywhere. He wanted the ball. He was heavily involved. He was asking questions. And yeah, he wasn't making the the line breaks that we see or, or having hand a lot of tries. But he was heavily involved in everything. And um, and when the key moments are needed, he, he jumped down the short side at one stage and just reefed a big left foot kick when they were on their heels for a number of sets. And he... Kicked it over the head of Tedesco. That was a huge set before, before half time. And I, I liked his game last night. I thought it was really good. He was, I thought he was really active, and he was, he was checked into the game. Yeah.
2: I thought it showed just how much they missed Jerome Hughes. And I, I thought mm. Wishart did a fantastic job. But he's even right you best. look at that um, incredible last minute play that gets him home. It's like they totally muffed the field goal attempt. Yeah. And he's got the ball, and he's just looked around and just thought, and he was just. Typical champagne Cameron Munster, yeah. wasn't it? He's just gone, Is it off the I cuff? suppose I'll just put yeah. it on the boot and set up a try. And that's what he did. And that's mm. what no one else can do. And what you talk about at that the gunslingers, like the Sam Walkers, they just, they don't care. It doesn't matter what's happened before. And they want the ball in hand, Michael Jordan style, when the clock's ticking down and everyone's looking at them. And he came up with a play once again.
1: Hey, can I just say, Tommy, I've always been a big fan of this guy. He's only ever played for the Roost. Oh, he's a South Junior, but I, I reckon 2023 Nat Butcher's best year. He's been one. I think he's been one of the Roosters' best this year.
3: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the uh, like attacking like prowess or brilliance that like Angus Crichton did last year. He's not that whole like he can run a hole, but he's not like a damaging um, second round. But his defence is so important.
1: Yeah, and he's had a good year. Back end of the year. R- so
3: I think like, if you're looking. Like, since Tedesco came to the club, he's won Jack Gibson medal every single time. I think Lindsay, I think it's Lindsay's award to lose. But if yep. I was given the second best, it's Nat Butcher. Just so
0: consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know who impressed me last night? Terrell May. He was great. He had 45 tackles, 100 run metres. He might have had a line break assist as well. So he got some good depth there. Uh, just on Munster, the thing about Munster, you talk about Hughes. It's almost that they don't really play like a half-five-eighth, do they, Sets? It's almost like they play two halfbacks. Melbourne Storm?
1: Yeah, sort of, I mean, you're never going to question one of the greatest coaches of all time, but I've never understood why your two most dangerous players, which is your seven, your six, a lot of the time are not seen side by side. Yeah. Your ability to be able to link up your hooker, your half, your 5 both, and bring your fullback into the equation, and bring a an edge back row, or if that's one of your danger, one of your target players, there's a lot of clubs that, that don't play to both those strengths, and uh, but Munster's one of those guys who can just drift around the field. He, he really plays like a second fullback, to be honest. Sometimes he just drifts around the field. And I remember seeing him calling Queensland Cup for a number of years for Channel 9. And we did a game in this, in Rockhampton, who he where he's from. And they were at that stage, they're very good now, but at that stage, they were sort of the, the easy beat to the competition. And about three weeks beforehand, I'd watched this under, I think it was under 18s. And I'd seen him play under 18s. He was just like a men amongst boys. And then, few weeks later, saw him play in this Queensland Cup game. He's playing fullback, and he was 17 years of age. I think he was 17 or 18, and he was just absolutely freakish. And I rang an NRL club about him. I said, there's a kid up here. His name's Cameron Munster. He's just played his first Queensland Cup game. I don't know whether he's a fullback. I don't know whether he's a 5'8". I just know that this kid can play. And the feedback from that club when they did a little bit more research on him, they said, Flat-footed, walks like a duck, and probably won't <laughs> yeah. make it out of Queensland Cup. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, you talk about his mindset and what, what he thinks in in those moments. There was an interview he gave three years ago, and, and that they said to him, what, what's going through your head? You've got the ball in your hand. You've got all these options. What do you do? And he said you know when a monkey's clapping against those little symbols? <laughs> That's
0: my head. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. What about the guy who walks like a duck? Knock? It's like the, you know, the bloke was off at the Beatles and goes, no, nah, four-piece bands, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't always get them right. You know, it's interesting on Munster. I remember he, I think it was Origin Game 1 last year, absolutely brained him. And mm-hmm. I was speaking to the great horse, Brian Neebling because people are drawing comparisons between Munster and, and Wally Lewis in terms of these legendary Queensland number sixes. And... Horse said, the thing about it is that Wally, you know, a genius, could take the game off the scruff of the neck, but sort of always had a plan in his head. He didn't reckon Munster had the plan in his head. Far more off the cuff than, than Wally ever was.
1: Yeah, uh, Wally, well, those sort of players have got a method to their madness, I think, Jules. I think the, the greatest thing about those players is that Wally could construct a play. Now, I'll give you an example. In 1992, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to play. My debut was with Wally. He was captain coach at the Gold Coast Seagulls. We were playing Parramatta. And I went on with about 13 minutes to go. Myself and Jamie Goddard were 19 years of age. Stars in the, in, the, you know, in our eyes. And and Wally just says, hey, we've got a penalty. Wally said, we're going to kick it out. Brent, Todd, you're going to hit the ball up. We're going to go two passes to the to the middle of the field. I'm going to come from the left to the right. And he said, and Clinton Moore, who was a fullback, played in the Brisbane Comp, went to just the to Dragons. Play for the Dragons, yeah. Yeah. Winger. He said, see, Moore, I'm going to hit you up the middle, he said, because there's this front row that's been really lazy. So... It was just like a game of chess. Kicked mm. the ball out. Brent Todd went. He went past one, past two to Brett Horsnell. And then Wally went from the left side to the right side, dummy to the outside to Clint, Clinton Moore up the middle. He scored under the goal pace. So I remember looking at Jamie Goddard. I said, did Did, did, I, did that just happen? <laughs> well, we're going to wake <laughs> up and it's going to be game day. But where Munster, the good part about guys like Lewis and Munster and, and Johns and Thurston and co. And, and Freddie is that they can, they can slow the game down to the tempo they want to. And they can speed it up when they want to as well. So they can really dictate the speed of the game.
2: Sats, so I loved your description of uh, Munster. And there's just some athletes in, in the game, and I use the term loosely, that don't look like athletes. Like yeah. Cameron Smith, like, you know, the accountant. And yeah. he like he's as analytical as an accountant and physically he looks like one as well. But one <laughs> of the best was um, Brian Smith was once asked to describe Nathan Highmarsh. And he said, sway back, fat
0: gut, and funny bum. <laughs> 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 he, he's a party uh, big engine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jamie Goddard. Isn't it funny? Like he's played for the Bears in the Gold Coast, played Origin, but Jamie Goddard, you talk you mentioned his name, rugby league players or say so. He's a bloke that floored Joey. You know, that, yeah, that's yeah. his reputation. That'd yeah. be good to have on your C V. Yeah, not bad, is it? Mm. No, remember Tommy talking about that too. Jamie got it. got to tell you with a bit. You know, banging on you. go. <laughs> 736, 736 The text line number. They're starting to roll in thick and fast. NRL crunch time this Saturday afternoon with Julian King, Adrian Brashenko, and the Sats man, Scotty Sadler. I'm going to talk about a bit of controversy in the refereeing last night.